It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel, Vale Valley, uh, in the mountains of Colorado, hosting the program today. And I uh, would love to have you call in with any questions you may have about the Bible, questions about Jesus, about God, about um, where we get the Bible, what, where the, the, the source texts of it are from. Maybe you have a question about um, a, a cult or a group that you're um, not sure if they're biblically based or not. Uh, maybe you have a question about another religion. I uh, would love to answer those questions for you today. would also love to uh, take a- any prayer requests that you may have for yourself or a family member or a friend. would love to pray with you on the air today. So if you'd like to call in with a question, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us today at 720-336-0897. You can text 720-336-0897. And, um, you know, at at our church this past Sunday, we talked about uh, the importance of sharing Jesus with people. Um, I think as many times as Christians, we can get this kind of weird fear thing when it comes to sharing our faith and talking about the Lord with our friends and our family members. And for some reason, it just kind of creates this little weird fear in your heart when you think about it. But I really challenged us, you know, through the scriptures to to think about the fact that the news that we have, the gospel, the good news, is the best news that that person has ever heard in their life. It's the biggest, best news. It's better than if you were telling them they won the lottery. That's the scope of the good news. That's the scope of the gospel, that when we share the good news with someone, we are sharing the best news that person has ever heard. And so often we share it with timidity, where we share it uh, in, in kind of a fearful manner, or we don't share it at all because we're afraid of what they're going to think. But, you know, you wouldn't share like that if it was a, the the lottery that they had won. If you came up to somebody and you're like, hey, you just won $10 million, um, you would be excited about it and excited to tell them about it. Um, but see, that's the idea when we share the gospels, we should understand we have the best news ever, the best news they've ever heard. And so I just would challenge you this week just to, to rethink the way that you think about uh, sharing the gospel, that Jesus is the best thing that that person that you're thinking about sharing with has ever heard in their life. And then I would challenge you with this. I challenged our church with this, and we actually have already had some amazing uh, testimonies, even just from yesterday and today with this. Uh, I challenged our church to, to this week to have two Jesus conversations with someone that they don't know if they know the Lord or not. So, so, so whether that's somebody that you run into at the gas station or a friend or a family member or someone that you meet at your kid's sporting event, whatever that may be, have two Jesus conversations with a person that you don't know if they're believers or not. 
that's my challenge for you for this week. So um, go out there and do that. And you know, we would love to hear you know those things. You can call us back here on the air and share with us some of those testimonies. So once again, you're listening to Calvary Live, the call-in radio show where you can call in with your questions about God or the Bible or um, other religions, anything like that. You can call us today at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And um, I would like to go to Marissa on line one. Marissa, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, so I actually am calling because I have a prayer request. But before my prayer request, um, I just, you know, I'm going through a challenging situation. Um, not challenging, but, you know, it is a bit heartbreaking. But, you know, at times I do get sad over it. But most of the time I feel like, everything's going to be okay, whether whatever the outcome is. And, you know, some people think, well, maybe you never really cared for this person. And, I mean, obviously I do care. But I was just wondering, you know, could it be, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's just telling me don't worry about it, just it will be okay. Because, you know, to some people I might think I'm sounding cold-hearted, but... You know, I just feel that whatever the outcome is, it's going to be okay. But yeah, and so the you know, I I think it depends on what the situation is, you know. Um, but I I think that having that that mindset of you know, the Lord is going to take care of this. It's going to work out. That's that's a good thing. You know, you you want to. I mean, I think ideally we would to have that mindset where when when we face difficulties in life we look at it and we say you know this is really hard um but i trust that god is good and he's going to work powerfully in this situation and so i'm going to choose to trust him through that um so i mean i think if that's your outlook and that's your mindset i think that's okay the the challenge that we want to do is to not be um to not belittle what other people are going through you know um we receive comfort from the Lord so that we can comfort other people, as it says in the scripture. And so um, when you're talking with somebody else that's dealing with a, 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 a difficult situation to not just be like, well, you know, get over it, it's going to work out, but to really come alongside them and, and you know, with empathy and sympathy to, to, to share with them and the difficulty that they're in and then point them to Jesus in that. Does that make sense? It does, because it's actually with my boyfriend. He's depressed, and he's going through a lot. But, you know, we haven't broken up, but he wants his faith, which is fine. And some people tell me, well, you don't look depressed or sad. I'm like, well, I do get sad. I mean, it's normal, but I feel that everything's going to be okay. I mean, I know I might sound cold-hearted, but I just mm-hmm. I believe that everything's going to be okay, you know, that God's there and things are going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think that's where when you're talking with him, you can just, you can, you can point him to what, what Jesus has said, even about the hard times that we face, you know, um, that, that, that we should count it joy when we face trials and difficulties because those things are God working on our, on our faith and building us up. Um, and I, I think the key really though is just doing that in a way that is loving and um, not not belittling what they're going through. 
Yeah, because, I mean, I I pray for him, and I, you know, I sympathize with him, and, I mean, of course they do get sad, but I don't, I try not to obsess over it, or, because I feel that God's taking care of it, whatever the outcome is, and, um, you know, I mostly want him to, you know, get get through this hard time he's going through, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I hope I don't sound too cold-hearted, but, you know, I still care for him and love him, but I feel like it will be okay, you know? I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit saying it's okay. So. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's just... I think it's just being sensitive to that and, and, you know, and when, when you, when you do talk with him, you just, you just point him towards the Lord. You know, that's really, that's the best thing that we can do um, when with anybody that's going through whatever it may be is just to point them towards Jesus. And really that's when I have like, like a, like a uh, counseling session with somebody or or I'm meeting with somebody and, and encouraging them through a trial. That's my goal all the time is to point them towards Jesus. You know, that's really through whatever they're going through. Um, the, the answer is found through seeking Jesus together in that situation. So. Okay. Well, thank you. Sure. And what, what, what's your uh, prayer request today? Um, just to pray for my boyfriend, you know, that hopefully, you know, he gets closer to God and, you know, he gets through this hard time because I've been there. I've been depressed myself, so I know how it, it can be really hard. But Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's, mm-hmm. let's pray for him together. What's his name? Um, his name's James. James, okay. All right, Lord, we just um, come before you and lift up James to you, Lord, just as he's dealing with depression and some, some hard times in his life, Lord. Um, I, I know what depression is like, and I know how that feels, Lord. So I pray that you would just be his comforter and his peace during this time. I pray that you would, um, if it if it's something that, that that's in his life that's causing him to be in that spot, Lord, would you just... Um, Help him just to, to, to seek you through it and to find your peace and your joy in the midst of it, Lord. And um, if there's something else that's going on, Lord, would you just shed light on that? And would you just bring um, just a real sense of joy and, and peace and life, Lord? Um, you know, you, you desire for us to have joy even in the midst of hardship. And we can have joy even when things aren't looking great, Lord. Uh, and so we just pray that for him right now. And um, I just pray that you would give Marissa just wisdom as she shares with him, Lord, and just help her just to know how she can encourage him towards you and to um, lift him up and to build up his walk. And so we just lift him up to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a great day. Okay, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Cindy on line two. Cindy, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Um, My question today is with regards to a uh, prophecy uh, pastor by the name of Irvin Baxter. And he, um, he has a program on um, Daystar, which is one of the uh, Christian networks that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I've done a little bit of research, and I think he, even though his ministry is called End Times Ministry, 
which I've followed pretty closely for quite a while. His statement on his website says that there's no denomination. However, I do think that he is affiliated with the Pentecostal oneness. And as I understand Pentecostal oneness, it uh, does not believe in the Trinity. And I'm just wondering, a couple questions to boil it down. One, have you heard of him? And um, what are your thoughts? And two, uh, what are your thoughts with regards to Pentecostal oneness? Yeah, um, so I, I have heard of, of him before. I, I'm not super familiar with his es his views on eschatology, on, just to be honest. Uh, but I do know that he is a oneness Pentecostal. And so um, so what I would say with that, and, and I'll answer the second part of that question first, is uh, oneness Pentecostals are a group that basically believe, they don't believe in the Trinity. They believe that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are the same person, not just the same in essence, but the same individual God expressing himself in different ways. And, you know, to, to the average reader of the Bible, that might not sound like that big of a deal, but the, the implications of that um, really are far-reaching, and it ultimately is a, it's what would be considered a heretical doctrine. Um, it's something that, that's not what the Bible teaches. And so uh, what you see with Oneness Pentecostals often is I've had, I've had some of them come into our church before. And uh, we, they, they actually came to our church on a baptism Sunday, which is interesting because their, their ba baptism is a big deal for them. And they came up to me and said, do you baptize in the name of Jesus only? Or do you baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, when I baptize, I baptize, you know, as it says in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, the baptism isn't valid unless it's in the name of Jesus only. Um, so they really get off and can even be a little bit cultic in certain ways. Um, so Oneness Pentecostals, it's a group that I would avoid. Um, and because of that, I would avoid any of their teaching downwater, whether it's on eschatology or other things as well, because their belief about God is, uh, is a flawed belief about the person of God, and that's really what we find to be essential, uh, is who is the person of God and what is salvation. And because they believe differently about that, I think everything else that comes out of that, uh, I would be suspect or look at with caution, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense, and the reason that I pose the question is I'm very um, concerned at this point in our in our journey here at this point in time of being duped there's just mm -hmm. so much out there yeah and i think it doesn't take a lot to get someone off the right path yeah absolutely and absolutely. If, if i have a message to anyone listening out there you need to be very careful there's just so much out there it's so and true there, there really is Mm-hmm. And I do know that um, that that Calvary is one of the most outstanding churches around. So I I applaud you for being part of that network. Yeah, it's a it's a really great fellowship, and I, I I know and have great friends that are pastors of churches that are not Calvary chapels, and they're really solid. But as far as a network goes, I've really loved being a part of the Calvary Chapel movement, just because the standard 
standards that are set for for biblical uh, doctrine and teaching really for the most part you know what you're going to get when you walk into a Calvary Chapel which I've really been blessed by um, and really a, a high view of scripture a high view of the inerrancy of the Bible um, and so for me that was those were the things that led me to when we planted the church that we planted you know seven years ago that led me to affiliate with Calvary Chapel. I think it's a, a great network. Now, as I said, I have friends in Denver and up here in, in the Vale Valley that, that are pastors of churches that are not Calvaries, and they're great churches, and they have really solid doctrine. But for me, it's really been a blessing to be a part of this family, for sure. Wonderful. Well, thanks for your time, and thanks for answering my questions. Sure, no problem. Thank you for the call. Mm -hmm. Bye. Have a great day. Yeah, you know, um, Oneness Pentecostalism, that's, you might also hear about it in, in uh, referred to as Jesus-only Pentecostals. And, you know, the danger there is really, it, it sounds small to say that God is one person just expressed in three ways versus saying that God is tr a Trinity, three in one. Um, but it really makes a big difference. And so, uh, if you ever run into any of these people, just watch watch out for that. And it really, you really do need to be careful whose teaching you put yourself under. And honestly, I'll tell you this: most of the people that you'll find on the uh, the, the TV, Christian TV, uh, unfortunately, most of them are not people that I would submit myself to their teaching. So. Um, there are some that are good ones on there, and some of there's even some Calvary Chapel. I, I know Greg Laurie put some programs on some of those TV stations, but you really need to be careful who's teaching you submit yourself to. Okay, so you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, you can call us today with your questions about the Bible, questions about prophecy, questions about um, people like what we just discussed here. <laughs> Uh, you can reach us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Rosemary on line three. Rosemary, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. I That's just, great. Uh, actually, I, needed, I, ha I have a prayer request for my grandson. Okay. He's having a, a very difficult time in his identity, and he's kind of like listening to all these all his friends because they're all like transgender, and and he says, "What what's wrong with going with what you want to do?" And I told him, "That's not how God created you." So anyway, he just needs a lot of prayer. His name is Sebastian. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And and is Sebastian a believer? Does he know the Lord? Yeah, he, he was very, she sang for him and everything, but now it's just that he's getting older. He's starting to be confused because of the influence with his friends, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, um, it's very natural to have questions and to deal with those things. And so let's definitely bring him up to the Lord and, and ask that God would just give him wisdom and discernment through those things and uh, would lead him in there. So let, let's bring him before the Lord. Sebastian, right? Is that Right. Okay. Okay. Lord, we just uh, lift up Sebastian to you, Lord. Thank you that he knows you, that he belongs to you, Lord. And just as he's entering that phase in his life where he's got lots of questions about different things and our world is so crazy right now, there's so many different things going on. Um, there's so many changes going on in our culture. 
I just pray that you would give him wisdom and discernment by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to navigate through those things, that he'd be led by you, not by groupthink, not by the peer pressure, not by what the world says is appropriate, but by you and your word and your truth. And so I pray that you would put some believers in his life that would just be encouraging to him, Lord, that would point him towards you, Jesus. I pray for his family and his godmother, that they would just have wisdom in how they can uh, you know, encourage him and point him towards you, Lord. And I just pray that you would use him powerfully for your kingdom, Lord, right. that he would have those, those questions answered, that he would be encouraged in you and that he would have a, a really healthy, strong walk with you, Lord. And so we pray this together in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for your call. Mm -hmm. God bless. God Bye -bye. bless you. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. Would love to answer your questions or get, pray with you today on the, on the air as well. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. And uh, I want to go really quickly to the text line. And um, one text message that's come up here, someone has texted in saying, I'm dating a beautiful godly woman right now and we have a lot of the same beliefs and agreements, but what we do disagree on is homosexuality. I'm using scripture to base my perspective on it and she thinks you should be able to love whoever and that being trans is okay. How do I confront this situation in a manner where I'm not speaking out of spite or through my own opinions where I could potentially upset her? Okay, this is a great question. You know, it, it even ties in with the last caller um, with the, the, the friends that are dealing with these transgenderism and some of these things. And so uh, I'm going to answer this to the best of my ability. Um, but really, here, here's the thing. I, I have several friends. Um, I have people that were members of our church in Denver that I know uh, very well. I, I, I know multiple people who either deal with same-sex attraction or feeling like they were born the wrong gender. And these are believers. So I, I say these, I know multiple people who deal with one of these issues. Um, these are believers who are not walking in those things though. The, um, the, the believers that I know that deal with same-sex attraction, they know that they deal with this as an issue and, and they have chosen to follow what the Bible says about it because they want to honor Jesus and honor what he has laid out in the scripture. And so that's their choice. Um, their choice is to follow the Lord. And so they don't engage in homosexual behavior and um, they choose to either remain celibate or, you know, if, if the Lord leads with a relationship with, with someone of the opposite sex, they're open to that. But um, really they've chosen to follow the Lord. And the same goes for the, the, the people that I know that have dealt with um, feeling like they were born the wrong gender, feeling like they are in a sense transgender. And you know, so here's the thing that I think we really need to be careful about with these issues as Christians is approaching them with compassion because I don't believe, uh, I've never met someone that struggles with same-sex attraction or homosexuality that, that just decided one day that they're going to like someone of the same sex. They have something in them, whether it's biological or whether it was some, from something in their past or their childhood or whether, whatever it may be, something in them has caused them to be attracted to someone of the same sex. So we need to be sympathetic to the way that they're feeling, but also we need to be sensitive to what the, the spirit would say through the word 
and what God would lead us to say is right and what is wrong. And so I understand the way that people feel about the way that they're attracted to people. Um, you know, I, I totally understand that. And so these people that I know from Denver that deal with this issue, they have submitted their feelings to what the Word of God says. And so the challenge here for us as Christians is when we deal with those who are Christians versus when we deal with those who are in the world. When we're dealing with a believer that's saying, well, I am just, I'm gay. That's the way that I was born. That's the way that I feel. And God accepts that. I think that's when you challenge them with scripture and say, you know what? That's not what the scripture says. Um, that's not the way that the, the scriptures outline our relationship with, with each other or with the Lord and what he's given us. Um, but when we're talking with somebody in the world, really the primary concern is not what their sexuality is. The primary concern is their relationship with God. Are they a believer or not? And so when we're talking with those in the world, our focus needs to be on the gospel message. When they become a believer, we can confront that sin as we, as we deal with them and we point them towards the Lord. Of course, we, we have to call sin what it is. But really, it's not for us to go around pointing the finger saying God condemns your homosexuality because God condemns their lying and their thieving and any of that other stuff just as much for those who are not believers. What we need to do is point them towards the gospel and then let the Holy Spirit come in and bring change to their lives. When I talk to these believers that I know that have struggled and dealt with these issues, these are things that they have battled with and continue to battle with. Um, yet they are able to submit it to the Lord and God is moving powerfully through them. One of them even is a pastor at the church that we were at in Denver. and He's an amazing man of God. It has an incredible gift for discipleship and dealing with same-sex attraction. It's been a powerful testimony for him in the church. Um, and yet it's something that he doesn't live on that in that space. He, he doesn't identify himself by his attractions. He identifies himself by Jesus. And so that's, I think, really where the, the crux of the matter is, is as Christians, what is our identity? Our identity is not our gender. Our identity is not our attraction. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. And so if I'm going to identify with Jesus, I'm going to line up the rest of what I do with what Jesus would say and what Jesus would do and what Jesus would call me to. And so with your girlfriend and her kind of perspective on, well, you should be able to love whoever and you should be able to act out how you feel, the Bible tells us that how we feel is wrong. And not just for those who deal with same-sex attraction or not just for those who are, um, you know, dealing with transgenderism and whatnot. Uh, how I feel about overeating is wrong. How you feel about um, what you want to do with your life is often wrong. We have these sinful feelings and that God, through his grace by the, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, has forgiven us for those, but he also calls us to step up to a higher standard as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to identify with Jesus Christ. And so I cannot identify with Jesus Christ um, living a homosexual lifestyle. It's not possible. See, now you can't explain that to a non-believer because spiritual things are spiritually discerned, as it says in the scripture. But I, I think when we're talking with other Christians, we need to remember that our identity is in Jesus. And this goes for any sin. This could go for alcoholism. This could go for being involved in pornography. You cannot be involved in pornography uh, and be pleasing to the Lord. And so there's many people out there that I'm sure would be quick to condemn something else and are going home and looking at porn at night. 
we need to confront the sin in our lives, whatever it is, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to confront the sin in our lives and say, what is my identity? Is my identity same-sex attraction? Is my identity pornography? Is my identity any of those things? No, my identity is in Jesus Christ. That's where I'm going to dwell by the Holy Spirit. So um, I, that was a little bit of a roundabout way to kind of answer your question, but the Bible's very clear on, on homosexuality, and it's something that we have to be very clear on as well with each other. But really, when dealing with non-believers, we need to point them to Jesus. So thank you for listening. We are coming up on the break here in just a second. I know we've got a couple people on the line, so please stick around till just after the break. Would love to keep chatting with you. Uh, if you have a question, you can call us today at 303 690 or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls today. And uh, if you have a question about the Bible, you have a question about um, the Lord, anything like that, we'd love to talk with you today. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to uh, pray with you this, this afternoon. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to line one with Colt. Line one, Colt, are you with us this afternoon? Yes, sir. What's going on? How are you doing? That's a lovely day. What about yourself? Doing very well, thank you. So my question today would be, is it uh, is it possible to believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for us as the truth, but still walk in a sinful nature? Like, when he, if you truly believed in Jesus, wouldn't you just let the old man die and be born again and live for Christ? Yeah, so, so your question is, as a believer, do we still sin? Is that, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, you know, I think that there, there are two ways to look at this, and it's, it's semantics a little bit more so than anything. Um, as a believer, do we still have sin in our lives in the sense that we make mistakes, we mess up, we do things that are uh, contrary to the laws of God? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, in, in 1 John 1, 1.8, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, which means we're lying, and the truth is not in us, which means we're a sinner. So, <laughs> so there's, a, there's a certain element where, yes, as a believer, we definitely still sin. And yet, on the other side of things, if as a believer, we are unable to find victory in our sin, uh, over our sin, you know, the habitual, continual habit of sin, I think that we might need to check our hearts and our lives to see if we're really walking with the Lord and if we've really trusted in Jesus. Um, and, you know, I think we, we get the idea of this from 
Romans chapter 6 through 8. And this is a great place to, to, to look for anybody that's really struggling with a sin in your life, battling a sin and not feeling victory over it. Um, I, I'd highly recommend reading Romans chapter 7. And then as you read Romans chapter 7, you're probably going to identify with it a lot because you're going to see Paul saying, oh, wretched man that I am. I'm, I'm not doing the things that I want to do. I'm doing the things I don't want to do. Who's going to deliver me from this? And it, it kind of really illustrates that position of us as believers when we're bound up under sin. And that's really what Paul was doing. And then as you get to Romans 8, though, it, 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 Paul illustrates a different side of his walk after coming through that period where he was in Romans 7. When he gets to Romans 8, he starts talking about things in a different light. And he says, thanks be to God, you know, because there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. And then he goes on and says, you therefore have no obligation in verse 12 and 13 to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep following it, you'll have death. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you'll have life and peace. And so the, I, I say all that just to say there's a contrast. So Paul, as a believer, at one point in his walk was in that Romans 7 part where you're still just battling sin and you can't seem to overcome that sin in your life. And then he had a moment of breakthrough when he realized that the grace of Jesus Christ not only forgave him for his sin, but freed him from the dominion of his sin in his life. And uh, that's, that's a promise that's available to every believer is freedom from the dominion of sin in your life. We see that in Romans 6 as well. So for anybody that's really battling sin out there today, I'd, I'd encourage you to read Romans 7 and then read Romans 8 and then go back and read Romans 6. Uh, and you'll really see some of the power of God that's available to you. Um, but even then, even when you're able to walk free of the dominion of sin, we still mess up, you know. Uh, we still sin. It's just you're not under the dominion of that, chained to that sin any longer. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. And uh, I appreciate all that. I'll definitely read that. That's Romans 6 through 8. Yeah, and I would start with Romans 7. And then go to Romans okay. 8, and then go to Romans 6, just because it, it kind of builds up from that place of being kind of bound up under sin. Gotcha. And then do we have time for another question? Absolutely. Uh, the next question would be, what is the repercussions for staying in that sin? Yeah, the, re the repercussion for sin is that you will reap the fruit of that sin. You know, you re we reap what we sow. Um, and so whatever that may be, if, if, if it's someone dealing with alcoholism and they're drinking more, they're drinking and they're getting drunk and they're unable to overcome it, it's going to ruin your life. Um, it, it, the same thing would go for, for pornography. You know, pornography can be one of those things that people get caught up in and it seems like a, a, a well, nobody knows. I'm not hurting anybody, but eventually it will be found out. And I've known people um, that have been caught at work, you know, or have gotten fired from a job because it went to a certain level and they couldn't contain it anymore. And, you know, your sin, our sin finds us out is what happens. And so there are natural repercussions for our sin. Now, here's the thing. It, that doesn't mean that you're not saved. You know, uh, it doesn't mean that suddenly you're no longer a believer. Um, but I do think that if we're unable to find victory for our sin, that we should ask ourselves, do I really trust in Jesus? Do I really know him? 
And if I know him, I'm going to ask him and trust him to deliver me from this. And the, the answer to that question is something that only that person can ask. But, but we don't lose our salvation because we, we, we battle or continue to battle sin, if that's, if that's kind of your question there. Um, you know, when we place our trust in Jesus, his grace is sufficient to cover all of our sin. Uh, there's only one sin that, that, that cannot be forgiven, and that's the sin of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, which really is fully and finally rejecting the, the work of God. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's basically knowing the truth and choosing not to believe it. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And your name was? Nate. Nate. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Nate. I just, I've, only, I've been turning the radio on every so often. I kind of keep my belief, you know, in a closet and just, because I don't really, I'm still, you know, what they would call a baby Christian. Okay. So I don't know enough to really talk about it or else I'll probably lead somebody away because it'll sound, you know, like I don't truly believe and I don't know the knowledge I should have. So. Right. You know, I wouldn't worry about that. You know, we had a, we actually talked about this at our church yesterday, even because kind of the message yesterday at our church was on uh, sharing your faith and, and, and sharing Jesus with people. And, you know, I kind of asked, you know, I kind of bridged the, the, the question where people say, well, I don't really know if I know enough or about God to share. And the reality is, if you know Jesus, you know, you know enough to, to share, you know. Um, so don't, mm-hmm. don't feel like your lack of knowledge is prohibiting somebody from, from receiving through you. Because um, here's the cool thing. As we place our trust in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. And that means that God lives inside of you. And if God lives inside of you, he's got all the knowledge he needs right at his fingertips, you know. Yes, so, so just be encouraged. You know, don't don't feel like because you you haven't studied a certain amount that you, that you that God can't use you in that. So, um, yeah, and no worries for not knowing well, my name. Be, I'm just here on Monday. Would I so. be uh, correct to talk about Jesus if I'm still you know living in that sin, even though I'm still might be saved? But what if it? Because the situation I'm in is you know I got buddies and friends who believe that Jesus died for us and we still go to parties together and you know we don't wild out like everybody else but we're still there you know we're still mm-hmm. partaking in that sin yeah you know i think here's here's the, here's what i would encourage against you know i i've known people that are like well, yeah, I go out to the bars and I drink and then I talk about Jesus. And, you know, I don't think you can effectively share about Jesus when you're drunk, you know. So, yeah. so I, I mean, I, I would advise against that. But here's what I would say. I would say, you know, if you don't have friends that are pointing you towards the Lord, you know, someone claiming to be a believer uh, doesn't mean that they're pointing you towards Jesus. If you don't have friends that are pointing you towards the Lord, I, I'd find some friends that do. Um, so whether that means getting involved at, at church or, I mean, I, I don't know, um, I don't know how old you are, Colt. I don't know if you're in college or high school or, or if you're uh, in the workforce or what stage of life you're in, but finding some other believers that are in the same stage of life as you that are going to point you towards Jesus rather than towards the the stuff of the world, you know, and then um, I, I think that's really important to be plugged in and connected with a group of believers that are mutually encouraging rather than bringing you down, if that makes sense. Yes, sir. Thank yeah, you, where do you, I need to hear that. Yeah, no problem. Where do you live, Colt? Colorado. 
Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Okay. Well, I know. Uh, uh, do you do you have a church that you go to down there? Actually, don't. I kind of hop around. Okay. I, it, I've never made a commitment. Well, I know a I know a great church in Colorado Springs. My friend Eric Cartier is the pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary there in Colorado Springs. Have you ever been there? I've been uh, once or twice. Okay. Well, they're, they're, they're a very large church, but the great thing about a large church is that they have lots of ways for you to connect. Um, they have a great young adults ministry there. They have a great, you know, every stage of life that you could find, they have a great way to get connected. And I know many of the staff members there, and they are awesome people that would love to just connect with you and pour into you and point you towards Jesus. So I would recommend, I mean, if you have another place that you feel led to, go for it. But I, I, if, if, it, if it were me, I would go just show up there, whether it's uh, Wednesday night service this week or Sunday service, and just say, hey, you know, I'm here, and I know that I need to get some more connection in my life would you help me get plugged in to, to one of the, the staff members? And that's that's their job. You know, that's what they're there to do. So they would love to plug you in and, and, and help you get some good, solid believing friends and some discipleship and some of those things. So That's wild you say that because last week I actually tried to go to the Wednesday service, but you know, work took a little bit longer. But I had the opportunity to get there on time, at least hear a little bit of word and meet him and whatnot. And yeah. I, I kind of backed out, you know. Yeah. Well, if you go, tell them that Nate sent you, because I, I know Pastor Eric really well. I know um, I know Sean Rafferty. He's kind of their, their missions guy there. I know him pretty well. I know Dan. Uh, several of those guys I, I know pretty well. And um, you can just tell them that I sent you, and they'll, they'll get you connected for sure. All righty. Thank you, Nate. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Colt. Um, and, and do you mind if I pray for you before we get off the line? Please do. All right. Lord, I just thank you for Colt. I thank you for his desire to follow you. I thank you for um, the way that you're working in his life, even right now, right this minute, Lord. And I just pray that you would encourage him, Lord, that you would draw him to yourself and fill him up with your spirit. Uh, help him just to know that you live inside of him, Lord. By, by faith, as he's put his trust in you, you are there with him. You can give him the strength that he needs to overcome the things that he's battling in life, Lord. And I pray that you'd help him to get plugged in. And I pray that uh, if he's able to go to Rocky Mountain this week, that he would just make instant connection with some believers there and get connected and get poured into and just uh, look forward to seeing how you're going to use uh, him in this coming season, Lord. And so we just pray for him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, All right. Pastor. Yeah, thank you for your call. Have a great day. God bless. God bless you. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley up in the mountains of Colorado taking your calls today. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, that number is 720-336-0897. And uh, I'd like to go to Patrick on line two. Patrick, are you with us? Yeah, still here. How are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing all right. Good. What can we do for you? So I have a question. Um, seems to be uh, a lot of stir up about a 
a sign that's supposed to be appearing um, in the constellation Virgo, um, which, of course, the word Virgo stands for virgin. Um, and with all that being said, um, this particular sign supposed to be happening is um, what a lot of people are believing is supposed to be prophecy of Revelation 12, where the woman who is with child is clothed with the sun, um, mm -hmm. she stands on the moon, and she's crowned with 12 stars, and she um, she apparently has a child. Um, well, anyway, the sign, of course, in the constellation, um, if we get into detail about it, um, the the planet that's actually in her stomach uh, or inside the constellation is actually in retrograde motion right now, and it's actually supposed to be um, in that retrograde motion for a 42-week gestation period, um, which is kind of phenomenal. Um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, um, and also maybe, I don't know if you had heard of it, but maybe to do some research and to possibly touch base on it the next time, I don't know, you're on Calvary Live as to um, give some detail about it. Yeah, you know, um, this is something that I, I have heard a little bit about this, and, um, you know, my first impression whenever there is a, there's a, there's a talk about a sign, specifically when it comes to um, an astrological sign or an astronomical sign, uh, and how that would relate to prophecy. My first thought is always skepticism, um, and the of reason course, being, the, the reason being is that the the, the sources for these things are usually um, groups that ha that make ex extravagant claims that are very quickly proven false, or the date comes and goes and nothing happens, um, and so you don't want to discount right, something yeah. completely just because of that. But I'm, I always approach it with skepticism. Now, this specific thing that you're talking about, I, I haven't dug into it very deeply, but I do know that this is something that actually happens fairly often. Um, and so, and, and I think it's actually been brought to a little bit more attention in the past five or six years because of a video that was done that's really an amazing video, actually. I, I highly encourage people to watch it. But it was looking for the Star of Bethlehem. Um, and so it wasn't it wasn't a prophetic thing for the future it was it was actually dialing back the astronomical clock to try to figure out what the star of bethlehem was and it was actually the same sign that you're describing uh, in the sky so it's virgo and the sun and the moon being at her feet and just kind of this idea of what you see there in revelation 12. well um it's pretty it's a pretty cool powerful video if you ever get a chance to watch it it's the star of bethlehem it's an hour program the whole thing's on youtube whether or not that's what happened i don't know but it's pretty interesting when you look at it um right. but really that's in the and past and so so really th this is something that happens you know um it, it happens for a day or two every 12 years or so and so the the, the last time that this exact same thing happened was in 2005 and so um I think really what's happened since then is that this notice to the constellations and some of that astrological stuff has happened because of this video, which is a really great video. But I think people are starting to notice these things and be like, oh, maybe this is something big now this year. 
Uh, it was the same with the blood moons. If you remember that a, a couple of years ago, yeah, everybody yeah. was freaking out about the blood moons and some of those things. Um, so with this one, I, I kind of discount it. One, because I, I always am skeptical, but then two, this is actually a, a sign that takes place pretty often. Um, every 12 years or so, it, it, this happens. Um, Jupiter appears in the Virgo constellation um, along with the sun and the moon at her feet. So it's kind of this, it's, it's something that, that, that is fairly common as, you know, as far as the overall clock of history goes. Um, and it's something that, that, that there's not really any significance that I see for this specific instance of it that's happening now, if that makes any sense. No, I, I understand. Um, and I, I, I mean, I am skeptical, of course, but I'm, I mean, I know that the Lord himself said, of course, he's going to show us signs uh, in the heavens, of course, from Genesis 1, um, just stating that, um, you know, that he's going to show us signs and seasons in the heavens. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, Jesus is going to be returning on this particular day, but I think his church can know the times and the seasons. Wouldn't you say that we can kind of see that things are kind of getting stirred up against Christ right now, and uh, it's a Christ-rejecting world? We have people that are being martyred and beheaded for Christ right now in in the real world, and um, we have the Muslim, uh, the the you know radical Muslims that are uh, influctuating into the U.S. as we speak, um, and it's really just kind of. It's just really kind of all coming together, and I'm not saying that this is the day, because no one can know the day or the hour, but we can know the seasons and the times. And, mm. I, and I think it's just amazing that no one else can really hang the stars in the planets in the solar system but God. And mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I just thought that it would be something that... Um, we should at least uh, do research on, and not to uh, not to meddle in or anything like that, but definitely to be. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely sparked a new fire in me to encourage the world to uh, be prepared for his return, whether he comes this year or whether he comes ten years from now, um, because uh, it's it's outstanding to me, and I think it's worth. Um, I think it's worth uh, telling people about the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I think since you're interested in that stuff, I really think you should watch that Star of Bethlehem video. I think you'll be very encouraged by it. It really is pretty cool when I you watch I, it. I think I have. Yeah, I okay. think I know which one you're talking about. But, yeah, and, but, and also um, they're saying that the Star of Bethlehem is supposed to be passing over, uh, I think, a few days prior to this 23rd. I'm not sure what, which mm -hmm. date. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a number of things, you know. And I think that, you know, the Church can be— um, can sense these things just like the the Hebrew nation back then when they were before they blew the shofar. They you know they knew when they were picking grain. Um, you know they um, they were prepared for it. They didn't know when the the exact hour of the time was. But mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, just, you know here's know. here's I the just, thing that I would say. I'd I say that. In my mind, the bigger I agree with you that the that it's coming soon, and you know honestly, I, I think that's 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 the perpetual command really of the Lord to the church right. that's been going on for two thousand years. Look. Yeah, even Paul the apostle, 
expected Jesus to come in his day. So I don't say that to say that I don't think it's happening soon. I, I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. Um, I believe that, that it, the, the end times are going to unfold really soon. Um, but I think the bigger sign is not so much what we see in the stars. And I think anything that we do out there is purely speculation. I think we can look at what scripture says the world is going to be like. That's a bigger point. And, and you yeah. touched on some of those things, but the, the things that we see unfolding in Bible prophecy rather than in the stars, rather in Bible prophecy and what's happening in the world today, what's happening with the nation of Israel, what's happening with the nations of Russia and Iran, what's happening even in North Korea. Some of these things, it, it, that really, it's looking at what's really happening in our world, I mean, it, we are in the last days, absolutely. And the, the, right. the, the thing to, to think so, about that, that is it, it should be, it should be an excitement, really. It's like, wow, this is unfolding right. before our eyes, you know, God is, God is bringing things. He's going to, he's going to bring and make all things new. Um, and, and we can be excited about that and about what the Lord's going to do. Right. So I, I guess maybe another question would, what would be the most profound thing that you can see, um, maybe as a sign of the times and, uh, uh, I mean, maybe just for, for the listeners, you know, for saying, hey, you know, hey, world out there, wake up, uh, repent, and of course, you know, believe the gospel. Um, I mean, and, and, and you can see that, you know, this particular situation is, um, you know, a proof of of his coming. Or, uh, you know, we, there's, there's multiple things in scriptures that, that tells us, you know, um, look up your redemption draws nigh when you know these things are happening. Because, of course, you know, the, the disciples were, they were asking, they were curious, when are you going to be coming back? And, of course, we got mm -hmm. 2,000 years from then, but, of course, it took 4,000 years for Christ to come the first time. So, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, I think that I, 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 from a prophetic standpoint, there, there's lots of things, and we're seeing on prophecy unfold every day. But the very biggest thing has got to be the rebirth of the nation of Israel that happened in the 1940s. Right. Uh, there, the, I mean, what what nation or people, after not existing as a nation for 2,000 years, suddenly becomes a nation again? This would be like, this would be like the scale of this would be like if um, I, I am. You wouldn't know this by looking at me, but I'm part Cherokee Indian. Okay, so you would have no clue that I have any Native American blood in me. You'd have to go to my grandfather to really see. But yeah, this would no, be I, like I know what you look like. <laughs> yeah, this would be like my grand. This would be like the Cherokee Nation suddenly rising up and reclaiming their land, reclaiming like the state of Texas. You know, and suddenly right. Texas is now the Cherokee Nation. After 2,000 years, it's only been it's only been you know 150 200 years since um, since you know they were removed from their land. So give it another 1,800 years. I don't even know if people who have Cherokee blood at that point are going to know who the Cherokee were 1,800 years from now. This would be like the Cherokee Nation 1,800 years from now coming back and becoming a nation. It's mind-blowing, the nation of Israel suddenly becoming a nation again after 2,000 right. years. It's something that just could not happen. Right. So that's yeah, the biggest thing. See, of course, the nations um, are really like already preparing and surrounding Israel mm -hmm. as we speak uh, for land. I, I mean, a lot. I mean, for, for land and 
and oil or, or you know i mean it's petty things but really in all in all it's we got to remember though of course that this is prophecy that you know we can read the scriptures and we can look at the news and pretty much yeah you know i mean kind of almost word for word um mm-hmm. certain situations um that are going on yeah we know the the, the cool thing yeah. is is we know he's he's coming soon and um, and you know, we see, as you said, no one knows the day or the hour, uh, but we're called to be ready. We see in Matthew 24, he says that the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Um, and you know, he goes on and says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered right. the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. So our command mm-hmm. is to, to be watchful, always to, to look out and to look with excitement. Uh, for not, not, not excitement for the judgment of the world, but excitement for the restoration of what God is going to do, that he's going to make all right. things new, that uh, that things will be set right again. Right. So, And of um, course, I also believe in the, the great commission of uh, definitely reaching out to mm-hmm. a lost and dying world, you know, you know, trying to wake his people up saying, hey, you know, repent and believe the gospel and trust in yep. the Lord. Uh, because... I mean, even the elect will be deceived, and we we need to be on, you know, just like the last couple callers that called earlier, you know, to be on to be on guard and and, and yeah. watch what you're listening to, and watch what kind of teaching so we're, you're uh, because we got the music coming so on. Much. So I hate to cut you off, but we're, it's gonna you're gonna get cut off by the end of the show. So thank you so much for your call. It was great chatting with you, and uh, we will talk to you again later. All right, you've been listening to Calvary Live. Have a great evening can call us back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pastor Jeff Figs will be hosting. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.